This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to catch up with the new executive director of the North Peace Cultural Society, Oliver Hockmeister. We'll chat about his journey in the arts in Fort St. John and beyond and what he's planning for the future in his new role. But first, the municipality of Tumbler Ridge, along with areas around the municipality, are under an evacuation order due to the rapid growth of the West Kiskatinaw River wildfire, which started just earlier this week. So for a bit of an update on the situation as he sees it, we're joined now by the Peace River South MLA, Mike Bernier. Mike, welcome back to Moose Talks. Yeah, thanks for having me today. It's, uh, it's under an unfortunate situation, obviously, talking about some of the challenges we're facing, but... You know, appreciate the opportunity to get out and talk about it, make sure people are aware of what's happening. So thank you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very grateful you took some time uh, for us today. So um, you are just on a bit of an update call, um, I, I assume, with the wildfire service and whatnot. Can you tell us kind of uh, what you heard on that call and what's sort of happening, I guess, even since last night? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, it was, what was interesting out of that call was uh, the highlight of the peace region. Uh, so early in the year, 90% of the fire uh, that's uh, the backcountry is burning right now in the province is in the peace region between the north and the south peace. Wow. Uh, so that we're, we're what's called a, a rank four or five, which is pretty well as, as high as you can get when it comes to ranking uh, the fire activity. Uh, there's some smaller fires around the province, but yeah, right, right now we're uh, unfortunately ground zero in the south peace and the north peace. Uh, you know, things are a little quieter in the North Peace, thankfully, right now. People seem to be a little safer. Uh, still some burning going on. But, yeah, last night uh, we had to evacuate and send the order out uh, through the regional district in the province uh, for Tumbler Ridge to evacuate. So far, the, the fire is not right at the community, but the smoke is getting thick. Uh, and just out of uh, an abundance of caution, you know, they're really concerned. To, to put it in perspective... Uh, the fire was around 30, 35 kilometers away from the community, which you would think, and people have seen this in the North Peace, which you would think is a, a long ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last 24 hours, uh, the fire traveled 22 kilometers. Wow. In 24-hour periods. So you can see that uh, when the wind comes up with the uh, dry situation that we have, uh, circumstances sometimes can change very quickly. So they want to make sure that we're, people are safe more, more importantly. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, uh, if I remember right, we first heard about this fire on Tuesday, and it was 100 kilometers away. So that's just how quickly uh, things kind of got out of control with that. Um, have you heard yeah. anything about the evacuation and, and how that's gone? Because, again, it was, I think, 2 p.m. yesterday that uh, Tumblr Ridge got the order. There's 2,400 people who live in the municipality um, and they had one way really to go up Highway 29 to near Chetwin to then go to Chetwin, Dawson Creek, and later Fort St. John to evacuate. Have you heard how that process has gone so far? Yeah, I know there was a, a lot of waits last night at the center here in Dawson Creek because of the amount of people coming in. Uh, because, as you said, Highway 52, uh, I'm told that the smoke and the fire jumped part of the highway in a few areas. And so now, obviously, uh, the only way out is up through Chetwin. And uh, so we were getting a lot of people coming through and 
I think probably it's really important, first of all, through that to thank everybody who's working in these centers, because I know uh, Chetwin is set up trying to help people. Dawson Creek, we have ours at the uh, Oventive Center, and I know Fort St. John is still assisting as well, because we have to shift people around wherever we can, because campgrounds are filling up fast, hotels are all full now. Uh, A lot of industry has stepped up. I'm not sure if people are aware of this, but industry has stepped up and where there's worker camps, we're uh, getting that information out and allowing people uh, to go utilize that. And then there's also a lot of people in the rurals up in this area as well that have stepped up to allow people to bring their families and their trailers and trucks and and just park out in the back 40 and and at least in a, a safe environment. So uh, you know, I did hear that there's about 145 families last night that were diverted out of here up towards Fort St. John because we couldn't find rooms. Um, and, and again, it's just everybody's stepping up, as we always do in the Peace Region. So I just really want to thank everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, a word on, on kind of how many people have left Tumblr Ridge as the evacuation? Success isn't the right word, but has it gone smoothly? And has everybody been able to get out of, as of this morning, as far as you know? Yeah, I, I communicated with the mayor and a few others uh, down in Tumblr Ridge. It sounds like it went fairly smoothly. Uh, unfortunately, again, it's not the first time Tumblr Ridge has gone through this, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some new people there. Uh, and so it sounds like it's gone very smoothly. There's uh, a few people, for obvious reasons, that are trying to stay back and protect their uh, belongings. Uh, but, of course, we want to make sure everyone's safe. Uh, we've shifted out uh, members from our local detachments in the region, fire departments. Uh, a lot of them are been uh, deployed down towards Tumblr Ridge. Uh, uh, in the call I just had with the for- Forest Service branch, because it's a rank four and five fire, they can't actually fight the fire. It's just gotten so hot and so big, they can't attack it on the front lines. So they're going to be back a couple of kilometers and start working on the, uh, the fire breaks, uh, trying to make sure that if the fire does get to that point, it doesn't hit the community. Uh, Tumblr Ridge also, uh, the evacuation has been going fairly smoothly. But we also need to remember about, time flies, but about 10 years ago, maybe less, uh, Tumblr Ridge invested and spent time putting uh, a barricade around the community, falling all the trees and ensuring that if another fire like this happened, there was at least that, uh, you know, quarter of a kilometer uh, buffer between where the trees ended and the community started. Because mm-hmm. as we saw in Fort McMurray a couple of years ago, once the fire gets to some houses, it's pretty damn hard to stop it. Mm-hmm. Has there been talk of, or did you hear anything about talk of what sort of the threat is to Tumblr Ridge? I mean, as you say, that barrier is already there, but again, that fire is moving fast. And as you say, if firefighters are back a few kilometers, that means they're basically at Tumblr Ridge, kind of not waiting for it, but that's kind of where their line is. So has there been talk about kind of the, the threat itself to the community and, and was the evacuation more out of an abundance of caution, as, as they like to say, even in our case, when the alert was in Fort St. John? And, and will that barrier be good enough to stop things, I, I suppose, is the question. If you, if you yeah, could speak you know, to that. Yeah, of course, I'm not a professional on there, yeah. uh, but I definitely want, we know that the professionals, uh, there, a lot of people have been moved into the area. Um, we have had uh, eight, eight or ten of the uh, unit crews have been diverted now to the Tumblr Ridge area to try to work on that uh, protecting the community. I am told right now it's it's not at an imminent danger yeah. of the community, the fire hitting the community. But because it's getting close and it can move so quickly, they wanted to make sure people were safe. 
And also, as we've seen in the region, once that fire uh, creates such a dense smoke and it gets in on the community, uh, there's also the concerns around the air quality. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of everything. Uh, we, because the fires can move quickly, they wanted people out just to be safe. Uh, Northern Health has shut down the facilities and they've been moving out their staff and patients. Uh, so again, everything seems to be running smoothly from what I'm being told. Uh, I, you know, as the politician, I try to stay out of the way of the, the people who are really doing the work on the ground, all the volunteers and the people in the uh, emergency operations centers who are really quarterbacking, coordinating everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also say that the other uh, province has stepped up and has been really good. They're giving us lots of information. Any resources that we've been asking for, they're, they're looking for. Uh, they've been very responsive, which, which is really good to see as well uh, for our region. Uh, I think part of that's because we're one of the only places really burning in the province at this magnitude, so they can throw that support at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, one final thing uh, from you, Mike. Uh, we, yeah. we got a press release from the district this morning uh, signed by the mayor. It sounds like today is very key because it, and of course, it's weather forecasting. So you, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But if the wind switches to kind of out of the northwest tomorrow, that kind of means the fire is going to start blowing back on itself. So yeah. I guess my question is, you know, based on what you've heard and what you heard on the call is, is there some optimism if we can kind of make it through whatever conditions are sort of present on the ground today in Tumblr Ridge? Yeah, there's, there was definitely a lot of uh, cautious optimism, uh, knowing that they have to do a lot of work on the ground. Uh, but uh, Mother Nature will hopefully help us out here. Uh, they are forecasting some rain as well and some wind change directions over the next 48 hours, which they hope will uh, help suppress uh, some of the hot areas that the crews can't get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you always hope that the Mother Nature helps us out in this case, especially, you know, I think it's important to flag that these fires were caused um, a couple of days ago by lightning. These yeah. weren't uh, human caused. These were Mother Nature. Uh, so now we need Mother Nature to step up and help put it out. So uh, there is some optimism uh, optimism over the weekend mm-hmm. uh, that we will uh, see some support with that. So mm-hmm. you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. And actually one more question for you, Mike, I meant to ask this sure. too. Um, hearing from constituents, um, I imagine maybe you've talked to some of them anyway, your constituents yeah. who have been evacuated. What are you hearing uh, from them? What's, what's kind of the mood been like for people who are now in Chetwynd, Dawson Creek, coming up to Fort St. John, uh, who've had to leave their homes and, and sort of lives behind in Tumblr Ridge? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a mixed bag because uh, I have a lot of people that just say, you know what, we've been through this. Uh, it's just forced me to go camping a couple of weeks early and I'm going to go hang out in my trailer uh, and we'll just wait for this to uh, clear itself off. But then there's others who rightfully so as well are uh, a little concerned because they've seen what's happened in places like Lytton in mm-hmm. British Columbia, Fort McMurray, other places that are in the in the mountain ranges or in the areas that have the trees that if the fire gets there, it's hard to stop it. So uh, until people are told they can go back home, I'm sure there's always that gut feeling of, uh, you know, concern that people are worried about, but you know what people seem to be that have connected with me are taking it in stride because they know the supports are there. So people, the region always step up. Excellent. Well, Mike, I appreciate you taking some time with us this morning to uh, share your thoughts. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on and uh, stay safe, everyone. Absolutely. That's uh, Mike Bernier, the South Peace, pardon me, the Peace River South MLA. We'll be right back to talk to Oliver Hockmeister about his new role at the North Peace Cultural Center right after this on Moose Talks.
Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're here to chat with the brand new executive director of the North Peace Cultural Center. Now, he is no stranger to anybody in this town and certainly not to the arts community in this town. We're very well uh, glad to welcome at least back to uh, the morning show. I don't know if you've been on Moose Talks before, but anyway, Oliver Hawkmeister. Oliver, thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, yeah, you're the new uh, executive director of the North Peace Cultural Center, but uh, you've been such a fixture there for so long. I, I think some people might be surprised to find out you weren't already. <laughs> uh, I have been in management now for about eight years. Yeah. Um, and for those people who've attended some of the Cultural Center Presents uh, events, uh, I probably got up on stage and introduced them. Mm-hmm. And to, to a lot of people, I was the face of the Cultural Center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it does feel like a natural evolution moving from what I've done to this new position, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk a bit about that uh, in just a second, but uh, I thought we'd start kind of with your journey in the arts in general. I mean, uh, we were talking yesterday, you kind of said your first real gig was you were doing sound for a, a band that sort of traveled, uh, I think, at Western Canada or even Canada, you said, eh? Canada-wide. We, yeah. we dipped our toes in, in both oceans. We didn't get into Yukon and Northwest Territories, but uh, <coughs> we did a little bit in the States, but mostly it was all over small towns in Canada. Wow. And you were just, you, you were like... Oh, Running the boards and making sure everybody sounded good, I suppose. Pretty much. That was that was how I got started. Yeah. You know, six weeks of training and given a twelve channel soundboard and hit the road. Yeah. Was it was that a job like you saw and you're like, Oh, I want this job or was it at the start at least a job? It was a job opening that you sort of it, filled. It was an opportunity that I I didn't know what it entailed, but mm-hmm. I was very interested to see what it was and it was definitely more than I thought it was, um, uh, and it was definitely not what I wanted to do long term. Because mm-hmm. I mean, after ten months on the road, <laughs> I did not want to tour anymore. Uh, yeah, living out of suitcases and vans and whatnot. Pretty much, yeah. So, where did you go, kind of from there, and 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 what happened next for you? Uh, so. Getting off the road, I went, well, I really enjoyed doing sound, so I want to do something with it. And careers were like, well, I could do a recording studio. So I went to school for that for a couple of years and realized, well, all the recording studios at that time were really Vancouver, Toronto, big cities. And yeah. coming from Fort St. John, I was like, I don't know if I could like live long term in the big cities. Edmonton was probably the largest I could handle at the time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I came back to Fort St. John and said, well, I guess that's not a career for me. I'll do other things. And I was, I was doing road construction. I was doing uh, internet and computer sales. Um, and a buddy of mine said, hey, I'm running sound for a show at the cultural center for the high school. Maybe you'd like to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's really started. <laughs> <laughs> what year would you say this was? Because the Cultural Center opened in 92, if I remember right. Opened in 92, and yeah. I think I started volunteering in about 94. Okay. <laughs> so you're almost, you've been around almost as long as the building at this Pretty point. Pretty much, yep. Um, yep. And so you started with volunteering for this one show. Did you start volunteering more often, or were you offered a job? Uh, so it was... I volunteered actually for seven years. It started just really low key, just mm. 
coming in to help out with the musicals, but then the uh, the technician at the time, uh, he realized that I knew my stuff better than he did, and he just started bringing me in for more and more shows. And uh, then uh, about a year later, um, the the general manager at the time, who was Ian Forsyth, uh, the first general manager of the cultural center, um, he was having he was opening the second season, and he's like. I want to make sure that there were no buzzes, no pops, no screams of feedback. Mm -hmm. We're hiring him for that show. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was my first paying gig there, but I was still not an employee. That was a like contract. Like a contract, thing. yeah. Um, and then they changed technicians, and the next technician and I got along really well. And when he left, he says, you should apply for my job. I mean, you know the sound better than I do. You just need to learn some lighting stuff. Mm -hmm. Wow. So this is almost a decade kind of into your time at the North Peace yeah. Cultural Center. Yeah. So then you were kind of the official sound, I guess, technician, because you were doing both, right? I was the, uh, once I was hired on, uh, I was the technical director, which mm -hmm. meant that I was responsible for everything technical in the building. Mm -hmm. well, sound and lights. Yeah. And the fact that I knew computers didn't hurt. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's not just running the sound and lights. It's getting up on the ladder, changing the maintenance, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I suppose you, at least for the lighting part, you kind of learned on the job, eh? Well, yes, I, I learned that on the job. Um, uh, I was lent a few university textbooks about lighting theory and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, bought my own textbooks to, to learn from. Uh, started doing some professional development by going to conferences and things like that mm -hmm. um and just kept filling my head with knowledge and trying to put it into practical per uh use mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we kind of zoom ahead and i, I i'm going to screw up the name of your title before this but you were like uh uh, uh what was your title before the one you had now? Operations manager. There you go. How did that uh, end up falling into your lap where you kind of got, I, I suppose, a promotion from just the lighting and sound technician to the whole operations for everything? Well, there was a year where I wasn't at the cultural center. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was a difference of opinion between myself and management, and I went off to do other things. Um, and then there was a change in the board of directors and mm -hmm. they invited me to come back as a manager, um, because they, they knew that I cared about what, what was going on at the center. Um, uh, and they, they knew that I had enough background knowledge that I could help. Mm -hmm. And so I was given a, a temporary six month, uh, uh, position as the assistant to the executive director mm -hmm. when they didn't have an executive director. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're assisting nobody, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> uh, and so basically I was able to create my own position. Mm. Uh, I knew what my strengths were. I, I laid it out, uh, what I wanted to do, what I could do, what I knew that I couldn't do. Um, even if I was interested in learning it, I told the board straight off, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to find someone. I can learn how to do it, but right now we need someone else to do this. Mm -hmm. um, so really, I, I wrote my job description at the time with everything that needed to get done and that I was able to do. Uh, and I sort of feel like that might be what we do with the executive director's position as well. Mm -hmm. I know what my strengths are, and I'm going to lean into those. And uh, where, where I need help, 
I'll either get help or we'll hire someone to to take on those tasks. Mm-hmm. So I guess that that kind of leads to my next question. Um, if if you're sort of going to be kind of making your own, you know, the job, you know, fit you in a sense. What do you think is going to be the biggest difference between what you were doing and what you're going to be doing now? Because as Baptiste was here yesterday and he talked a lot about the business side of things, which I'm sure you've been involved in. But mm-hmm. will that be kind of a bigger role that you play now in terms of maybe the business side of it rather than the technical side of things? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I love doing the technical stuff, but that is not what I should be doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I think I want to lean to to grow in the cultural center, and we really do a great job there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has been doing a great job. Um, we just want to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're still. It's not recovering from COVID, but at the same time, things changed, yeah. and some of those things we'd like to bring back, like some of the, the, the things that we used to offer, we'd like to make sure that those come back. And now we're on a firm footing that we can actually work towards growing those portions of the business again. And yes, mm-hmm. it is going to be much more the business of the center than the artists. Mm-hmm. However, I'm still going to be the person who's in charge of booking the artists into Fort St. John and, and like the touring artists. Um, and the theater will always be such an important part that I'm going to be involved in some capacity. Yeah. Maybe not running lights and sound, but I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Well, uh, we're looking forward to see uh, what you've got going on uh, kind of in the future and whatnot. It's going to be fun to see. Uh, in the immediate future, though, of course, we've got Bright Nights, which I suppose started last night with Art Stars, which, again, thank you very much for asking me to uh, MC. That was a lot of fun. Uh, tonight, the congregation, and then tomorrow, uh, the bright kind of the bright nights in June, the big sort of event. Tell us a bit about this this annual event that uh, the Cultural Center puts on. Sure. Um, when I started as manager about eight years ago, uh, we wanted to signify to the community that there is a change, um, mm-hmm. that we are focused on the arts, both the local artists and, and growing the local arts scene uh, by bringing in professionals, uh, whether they're professionals that started here or uh, professionals who have a connection to Fort St. John or just people who can inspire mm-hmm. the local artists. Um, the very first concert in the Cultural Center in 1992 was Bright Nights in June. Mm-hmm. And it was a celebration of local artists, uh, all the people who fundraised to get the center built and opened. Um, and we wanted to celebrate that. So mm-hmm. we're celebrating local artists. Um, so last night we had three artists. They talked about their journey, what brought them to Fort St. John, um, their highs, their lows, the challenges, their vision for the future. And it was an amazing talk. Like some of the Mm -hmm. things that came out and not planned that all three of them were actually not native to Fort St. John. Um, It was great. It was a great talk. And and, I mean, everyone who was there really enjoyed it. Uh, Tonight we have Clayton Bellamy in the congregation. Um, I've heard their music uh, probably a year ago. Wanted to bring them in because they sound so good. It's a uh, rock and mix of R and B and soul, and uh, <coughs> also like a little touch of southern gospel. Yeah, um, 
it's it's a great sound and I think everyone's going to really enjoy it tonight. And then tomorrow, big print day and the art market. Uh, all local artists uh, showing off what they can do, what they've got available for sale. Um, they're going to make uh, large scale prints, two feet by four feet, under a road roller. That's an amazing process to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, the... The potters will be doing some hand-making clay. We were going to bring in a kiln, but with the recent wildfire situation that's continuing to happen here in northern BC and Alberta, it's just not worth the, the risk. So yeah. uh, they're, they're, they would love to bring their, their, their Raku kiln out, um, but just for safety's sake, they're not going to. And they're going to be doing some hand-forming of clay on site um, the spinners and weavers will have some displays and probably a spinning wheel or two. Uh, and it's just going to be a great time for everyone to come out and enjoy the arts. Yes, indeed. And, of course, the, uh, the uh, Moose FM stage that will be there, too, with local arts. Uh, yes. Jenna Lauren, Ben Matchett, and uh, Walker Tompkins. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's free to come and kind of enjoy. Uh, Absolutely. Do bring yep. cash, though, because, of course, you can buy some excellent local art by a local artist say Oliver. yeah some some local art uh, is available for sale there'll, there'll be some food the cafe will be open um uh there's going to be a tie-dyeing station oh, very cool if you don't bring your own cotton fabric to tie-dye you can buy a t-shirt for five dollars and tie-dye it mm-hmm. um Tie-dyeing is free. The T-shirt is $5. <laughs> Wonderful. But. And then uh, uh, finally, we should also say uh, you do have a couple more pairs of, of tickets uh, for the congregation uh, that we're going to be giving away a little later on here on Moose FM. So make sure you stay tuned uh, for that. It's going to be a great show. The whole weekend is yes. going to be awesome. It, it's going to be a lot Center. of fun. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, Oliver, I really, uh, really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us this uh, morning. Thanks so much for coming by. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. That's Oliver Hockmeister, the new executive director of the North Peace Cultural Society. Our thanks to our guests today, Mike Bernier and Oliver Hockmeister, for joining us. If you'd like to hear this episode again, or if you'd like to hear an old episode of Moose Talks, make sure to check out the energeticcity.ca podcast page. You'll find past episodes of this of this show there, as well as uh, episodes of Secrets of the North, Before the Peace, and Voices of the Peace archived for your listening pleasure. Take some time to listen to some excellent locally produced podcasts today over at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. That's our show. Jordan Prentice and Trey Lopashinsky are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.